What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Recoup. I'm Cooper Daniels, and today I am here with Abdul Osman. He is the CEO of the Gora Network. How are you doing, Abdul? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Coop, how are you? I'm pretty good. This is the, you know, this is the first time I'm doing one of these in, in quite a while. I'm excited it's you. This is our, um, how many times have we done this? I think our third, huh? Yeah, it's our third. So yeah, it feels like the first one was like 10 years ago. I don't know why. Right? And like and like 17 names ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel yeah. like we've at least discussed uh Gora Network through each stage. It was first it was Al so. it was Algorical and I then it was so. Goracle, yeah. and now it's Gora Network. So Gora. Yeah, <laughs> next it might just be G. Gee. Oh, I like that. G, uh, just G. You'd be like uh, Elon Musk, right? So yeah, exactly. He, he took X, you'll take G. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea, I think. Um, so, well, tell me, tell us a little bit about the the name rebrand uh, for fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're a decentralized Oracle, right? Um, and everybody knows in this space, an Oracle is a piece of software that gets data from the outside world. Um, but, you know, there's a very massive company. I won't say their name, uh, but they didn't like us being called Oracle, right? Uh, oh, I Oracle. wonder who that is. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a it rhymes with Goracle. Let's just <laughs> put it like that. And so, you know, we, we, we now actually do a lot more than, than just getting off-chain data on-chain. Because mm -hmm. uh, getting data on-chain is just a task, right? You run a function and it gets data off-chain. And we realized, hey, we can actually do a lot more. Uh, we can do computations like bonding curve math, math that's, or even any type of function that's too expensive to do on chain. Um, so, you know, oracles are, people just see it as getting off-chain data on chain. But since we do off-chain computation, we were always thinking of going in that direction. Um, right. But this kind of, this big player in this space uh, made us move a lot faster with our, our name rebrand, um, you know, because of the similarities and whatnot. And uh, right. We didn't want to fight that battle, so because yeah. we were going to do it anyways, we just decided to hey, let's do it now before we really become known as Goracle. Well, I feel like uh, Gora Network has a good ring to it, so no problem, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think last time we were, you were calling us G Oracle, so I think everybody will have no problem calling us Gora Gora Network. <laughs> Did I? Did I call you G Oracle? I mean, I'm not, I, there's there are moments where I'm a special, you know, a special type of stupid. Like I remember this. Uh, I remember mispronouncing. Uh, it was I was saying Go Oracle. I think I was saying Go. Yeah, there's Go Oracle. You heard it all. You, you heard it all. You yeah. barely said it right. And and it's funny because everybody was like Oracle, yeah. But then we were yeah. like, when I have Gora, literally everybody's like much better name. Yeah. And, I'm like, why didn't you tell us the old name was bad? You know, you're just being nice, I guess. Huh? Everybody's too nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So just so the crowd knows, we're live on YouTube and Twitter. If you're on Twitter, if you're watching on Twitter and you want to ask questions at the end, uh, move over to YouTube and that's where we'll be taking questions. And also, if you do have questions, make sure you ask them when um, I prompt you. Because if you ask them now, I'm not going to see them. And then, you know, we uh, we might not get to it. But uh yeah. Okay. So look, Gora Network is making moves. I like we just talked about. I have, I we've spoken to you in the past. You've been in the Algorand ecosystem for a while, 
And um, look, let's just be honest. We're watching a lot of stuff go away. We're watching a lot of things close up shop. We're, we're watching a lot of promises not being kept. We're watching a lot of money, uh, you know, not being utilized to building products necessarily. But something I've noticed about Gora is that you guys continue to build and in almost remarkably, you're gaining momentum in this bear market. So why don't you let everybody know, do you think that's true as well? Am I making an um, accurate observation? And uh, what do you think is setting Gora apart from some of these other, other projects uh, that potentially, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's when, we, when we started building, I think Algram was at $2 and something, right. you know, Cooper. And and it was it was great it was wonderful. Place you said, to- I'm sorry. The way you said Cooper, <laughs> like <laughs> it was two dollars and something. Cooper, it was like, remember it, that? It was a long time ago. I felt like I had to use the full name. And, and yeah. you know, so much happened since then. There was like the Celsius bankruptcies. There was the Luna collapse. You know, there was the FTX, and and it's just it's felt like we've been in a bear market for a very very long time. And in fact, like. 60, 70 of the pro- projects that we signed LOIs with who are going to use our protocol uh, are just no longer there. Or they're no longer building or they're in maintenance mode. And right. so, yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's definitely prolonged. Um, and so, yeah, so I think one thing that has really helped us is having that same core of group, the same core group of developers and, and team. And most of them pretty much have, have really committed to this. And I think everybody who works in this space kind of understands the usage is not as high as it will be, and it's kind of a nascent technology. Uh, and so we, we kind of made a decision, like, we'll get there. We had a lot of setbacks. We were supposed to go live last year. We were supposed to go live in the winter. We finally made it live. Mm-hmm. And I think really just what has helped us a lot was um, the fact that, you know, oracles are necessary infrastructure, and we really didn't necessarily market specifically to the Algorand community. We just marketed everywhere, right? And right. Most of our community comes from outside of Algorand, like, I think 80%. Of our of our um, pre-sale buyers got paired for the first time, and so I think it helped just focus on our marketing on just the entire entire space, and it helped people realize oracles are uh, really important. And oracles are hard to build, so there's not that much competition. There's like the big chain link, and but after chain link, it gets really slim. So I think right. it's an area where if you can build it properly, there's so much market share to capture and so much excitement. Yeah. You, you said a lot in there that I want to kind of um, dive into, but one thing you said is that you did go on to mainnet, um, I believe it was July 5th? July 5th, yeah. We finally, after a year and a half of building, uh, we Absolutely. finally got to mainnet. So we were very excited about that on Algorand. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff there. So, okay. So why don't we start there with Algorand and maybe you can break down this for me. What, um, as you know, now, obviously it's a little bit different because you guys are live on mainnet, but what is the, what is or was the current state of oracles on Algorand and how does uh, Gora improve that? Yeah. So, you know, the current state of oracles on Algorand is you have, I think, folks feed, which is uh, focused on like a certain number of price pairs, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, it's not, it's really non-existent. Right. Um, so we're so we're basically just so the audience knows. So we're basically just trusting these these apps uh, to to kind of get these uh, price feeds and stuff like that. So it's on a case by case basis. If you're building a Dex or something on 
Algorand, that those builders are responsible for um, accurate pricing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like Dex is like tiny man, they're automated, right? So they don't need uh, oracles, right? Yeah. But there's other, like there's one of the bigger protocols a few months ago had USDC at $1. Right. Yeah. And it, USDC went down to 88 cents and it caused a lot. And, you know, it was a really big protocol. So I think there was a lot of money that was uh, kind of messed up there. But you yeah. can see the importance, even something as, as reliable as USDC price. It's not an on-chain entity. Right. Uh, you yeah. still need the price of a dollar on-chain no matter yeah. what. Because you never know what real world event might happen. And so... Because of that instance of not having a really a functional Oracle when that protocol was built, they relied on this kind of a dollar will always be a dollar type thing. Right. Uh, and you can see how that affected the protocol. And so now we're just talking about price feeds, but now you look at insurance, you, you look at, you know, flight data, um, sports. I think we're really big on, on sports data on chain. Mm -hmm. um, these are areas where the entire blockchain space oracles are not that mature. Um, and so we're, we're very excited to build more than just price feeds. Right. I mean, yeah, when you mentioned sports, it, it, I guess like scores and betting like that is, is rather simple. But if you're trying to build like a fantasy football app or a, a fantasy whatever app, there is a ton of data that needs to be accurate and on-chain if you're going to try to do that with blockchain. Exactly, exactly. One of our partners, Kicks, is building a football trading app and every player has a lot of statistics uh, and getting that all on-chain you gotta you gotta be able to do it right and in a way that you know one of the devs can't just put on some fake values and irreversibly run away with a bunch of money right and so how um how is it going since go launching on mainnet are are people are our projects using uh the oracle is it so what's the state of it right now yeah so the moment you go live that's kind of when people see you as okay now it's a legitimate protocol we can right. start building on it. And before you go live, especially in this space, people are like, are they going to make it? You know, yeah. you're supposed to go live then. So now that we're live, the conversations and business development has really taken off. And, you know, we're in a position where, where we need to hire one or two more uh, salespeople who can handle the kind of this, this interest and volume. And not just on our ground, but even on, on other, other chains that we're hoping to expand on in the near future. Right. And um, one of those chains is a layer two solution, Arbitrum. You're on Testnet at Arbitrum. I know Polygon's coming soon. And I think I read uh, Cosmos as well is on the roadmap. And this is all yeah. rather soon, right? I mean, you're already on um, Arbitrum Testnet, correct? Yeah, a lot faster than me. So kind of the way it works is Gora is its own network, right? It's its right. own blockchain almost. Uh, the right. only thing it's, we can't call it a blockchain is because it doesn't keep track of history. Um, it creates a block, writes it, then moves on to the next one. Uh, and it uses Algorand's consensus mechanism as well. Uh, and so, you know, what we're able to do is now that we have our network, it's just a matter of building the smart contracts that make requests and receive the responses on chain. So as long as we can build that smart contracts, which we did on Algorand, we just need to replicate that exact same code on these other networks. Um, and so the first heavy lifting was changing it from Algorand specialized PyTL language to Solidity. Now that it's mm -hmm. Solidity, it's just a matter of kind of testing it and then deploying it to every chain that uses Solidity, right? right. Which is like quite a few of them. And then from there, you do the Rust ones for Cosmos. And then another big one that's coming up is Radix, lesser known layer one, but uh, up and coming. 
And so that's kind of our strategy moving forward for the rest of this year is really build out our network so that people can make requests from any chain. Right. The cool thing about that is we're able to, every chain we go on, we connect those chains. So on our ground right now, you can read data from any chain because it's the outside world. Right. Now that we're going to be on Arbitrum, you can write data to Arbitrum. So now you can seamlessly move data between Arbitrum and Algorand. Every chain we go on, you can move data between them. Every chain we're on, you can read data from any other chain. So I, I imagine that um, opens up possibilities of Arbitrum and um, Algorand, maybe adapt that deploys on both um, very easily. Uh, do you have an examples of like, give me an example of something that you can picture that would use Gora that would utilize both Algorand and Arbitrum? Let's take a look at uh, NFT auctions, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you want to sell an NFT on Algorand, um, but you want to people to be able to bid from any chain. And so now you have these, you know, wallets on all these different chains and you just decentralizedly, decentrally are able to read the highest bid from all these other chains. And, you know, after the auction's over, you can see what the highest bidder is and release that NFT to the user. And now that way people can hold their NFT on Algorand uh, and pay for it on BNB chain, for example. That's cool. I could even see maybe like an NFT artist being cross-chain and it's like whoever the winning bidder is on which chain, they can mint the NFT on that chain, you know, the winner's chain or something like that. Who knows? But that's that's pretty cool. So, okay, we we um, how well, you mentioned Chainlink and then there's really like because you say Oracle, everybody in you know this space thinks Chainlink and then it's kind of like and uh, who else? So obviously Gora Network is one of them. How does... Gora differentiate from something like Chainlink? Yeah, great question. So um, Chainlink is the first mover, right? And, you know, our off-chain computation, they have Chainlink functions. Our data feeds, they have data feeds. Some of them are free. Uh, but really what it comes down to is um, all our products being in one place. You know, when, with them, you have to use make six or seven different products because they're just building a new product and each one is a separate product. And it's because when they first launched, there were literally just these Ethereum price feeds that people were reading from for free. Mm -hmm. uh, and every time they release a new product, it's kind of like a separate thing that you have to do separately. But for us, it's like all of that is just one same protocol, same API. And so we're, you know, I'll, I'll admit we're standing on the shoulders of giants in terms of being able to learn from a lot of the research they've done uh, and they're battle tested, right? So, sure. um, and, and when people think of, of Chainlink as our competition and that question comes up a lot, oh, isn't there already Chainlink? Uh, the answer to that is actually simple, right? Chainlink, 90% of apps that use an Oracle use Chainlink on the EVM network. Right. Um, but only 20% of projects that need an Oracle are using an Oracle, which means it, if you look at all the projects, 80% of them are building their own Oracle. Right. And right. so our competition is not Chainlink, it's projects building their own centralized Oracle. Right. Um, and another key differentiator is Oracle is Gora is very decentralized. Right? And the goal for it is, you know, we can't shut down the network right now. It's live. We couldn't shut it down. We're planning to decentralize the token even more and kind of put it in these escrow contracts so we don't have control over it. Um, and with, with Chainlink, they're a bit more centralized. They, they have so much more control um, right. of, of the protocol. And what that means is the more decentralized a protocol is, the more the value is captured by the stakeholders. Um, you look at Ethereum, for example, and Ethereum's value is captured by 
the users, the people who are using it in, in many ways and the miners and, and, and things like that. Um, whereas a protocol like Chainlink, you know, when Ethereum was at $200, Chainlink was $6. Now Ethereum is $2,000, mm-hmm. which shows a lot of growth. Chainlink is still under $10, which means it hasn't scaled to the same size because you have a central entity using it to fund most of their, you know, tens of million dollars a year in operations. So I think being decentralized is really slept on. And a lot of people are giving protocols some leeway, understanding mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, even Bitcoin started off centralized. Um, and so I think it's, we're really make, taking, uh, you know, it's a lot of steps to reach decentralization a lot faster. The protocol was decentralized from, from day one. And now it's just a matter of decentralizing the token a problem, which of course, Coop doesn't have. <laughs> No, right? No, Coop. And, we, and I believe you have a Coop announcement and another, you have a Gora announcement that we're going to, uh, we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, so let's yeah, we'll get to that. Let's, let's get that. Let's dangle that. Uh, but so I, I want to dive in a little bit. Well, but the first thing I want to say is that is one of the main reasons why a lot of these um, apps are using their own centralized oracles is because Chainlink is expensive. Is that is that one yeah, of the not, not only are they expensive, but let's say you want some sports data scores. Uh, Chainlink is just not. Chainlink is mostly built for price fees, mm-hmm. right? Um, and everything else is kind of added on. And they don't move as fast as protocols need, uh, and they're not able to deliver large volumes of data, mostly because they're on Ethereum, high gas fees. Um, and so, Goro was designed in a way where you can get large amounts of data on chain very quickly. Uh, and so, it's it's really a being able to take advantage of so much of the advancements made in blockchain in the last two years, whereas other pro and, and a protocol like chain can't just change easily. They have like these billion dollar protocols that are built. And if chain changes, these protocols are fully decentralized, they just collapse, right? So they have to maintain that backwards compatibility. And so right. coming as the latest player on the scene, uh, we were free from a lot of these types of commitments and we were able to build something that takes advantage uh, of, of a lot of the latest technology. Cool. So let's dive in a little bit on Gora's decentralization. You mentioned it just now. So how um, you could maybe break down how the Gora network actually works um, and consensus and Gora works and how you get the accurate price feeds and data and how you kind of, I mean, obviously through decentralization, I'm sure is the answer on how you uh, keep people honest and, you know, keep out bad actors. But Maybe you can dive into um, how many nodes are, how many uh, people are running nodes and uh, how that whole thing works. Absolutely. So, you know, first of all, you can think of it, a lot of the audience are probably Algrad native audiences. And so you can already imagine how Algrad works. You have these participation nodes, they run consensus or, or relay nodes that just kind of move data between them. With what Goracle does is essentially the same. You have these nodes, and I think there's, uh, somewhere almost 50 right now in mainnet uh, and all of them are only one of them is operated by gora the rest are operated by um, individual validators or uh, you know companies institutional validators as well many of them a few of them running nodes for chainlink as well um, and so these validators are chosen randomly every time there's a request for data uh, and when you're chosen randomly to be kind of this committee how many votes you get on the data is also chosen randomly. Uh, and they all get the data from these sources that were kind of chosen. So you have these institutional grade data providers that feed in the data and these node operators have to all get it from these predefined sources, which the community can vote these sources in or out. So these sources are not 
you know, node runners, they're just from somewhere else. And then what they do is they all have the value. So I, I know Bitcoin is 29K, you got 29K, and then we vote on chain using Algorand's consensus mechanism. If, if Goro wanted to say, all right, you know, we're done, uh, we don't want to run this network anymore, we can shut down our node, but we can't shut down any of the other nodes, right? It's just going to keep running. And in fact, I think there's a testnet network out there just, just running with people running it. Um, and so that's the first step of decentralization. If mm-hmm. the team leaves, you can't shut down the protocol. That's, I think, the key measure. Um, the next thing is the token. So the token right now, it's let's face it, it's, it's actually fairly centralized. We hold a lot of control over it. Um, but what we're doing is we're creating these kind of escrow type smart contracts where we can put all these tokens into. So you have the ecosystem fund, right, which is like 30 or 40%, and it just goes to reward the consensus. Um, and that's going to be held in these escrow smart contracts. And that's kind of the goal in the next three or four months is to minimize how many tokens we actually hold in our right. treasury uh, and, and put most of it, which is, I think, 80% in these smart contracts that nobody has control over, and really putting governance and DAO in control of these it's a lot harder in practice um, than it is in theory, uh, but this commitment we've made. Well, it seems like the Gora uh, token would be very important moving forward uh, for the protocol to keep going. If you guys backed out, there needs to be an incentive for people to continue to provide this data. And I'm sure the the Gora, I'm sure the Gora token plays into the incentive. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So with with Algorand, I don't think their participation is rewarded for the nodes okay. and the nodes is, is not incentivized. Okay. Um, but with us, I think 30 or 40% of the tokens are literally just locked up to incentivize. Every time somebody mines a block, every time somebody votes, they get like a fraction of a reward, right? And it's probabilistic. So the more you have staked, the more likely you are to earn a reward. It's no guarantee. And, and I think Algorand used to be like this at some point. Right. Um, but, but in the end, you know, it's one of those things where um, these these rewards are locked up for a very long time. And if the consumer fees that are paying, like the gas fees, are higher, then those participation rewards are not actually handed out. So they just kept, they stay. right? So they're only handed out if the rewards from gas fees fall below a certain threshold. So if we grow really big, you know, within the next one or two years, those tokens may never be distributed. And it's important that all of that is, is decentralized. Right. And so oh, I'm... You can stake Gora. You you know you're all, you can run a node. Like so, tell me a little bit about the different use cases for Gora, and um, you know, yeah, the value proposition of Gora. Yeah, I think the central thing in, in Gora is running a node, right? right? Using that token to get votes in blocks. And if you're holding the token and you don't know how to run nodes or you don't want to run nodes, you can just delegate that non-custodial. Um, to any of the validators who are in our portal. Uh, right. What they will do is they'll take a 10% commission on your rewards and they'll vote on your behalf. They, they can't choose how to vote on your behalf. They have to vote how the protocol says, right? They just install the software and, uh, and the votes are, unless you're manipulating it, then you change how you vote, but everybody votes how, how they're supposed to. And so um, that's kind of the essence. And even when you go to vote in the DAO and hey, there's a proposal up, um, your vote weight is based on how much you have a stake in the node or having how much you have delegated, right? right? Everything is kind of based on how much. And really the, the reason why it's so focused on putting those tokens into running nodes or putting those tokens into delegating into node runners is because we want that consensus to be 
um, kind of solid. And the more solid the consensus is, the more hack-proof it is. Uh, and oracles are essentially um, uh, one of the highest levels of security after layer ones that you need on a, on a network. Right. Uh, so the more people who are staking, the more people who have delegated those tokens or running nodes, the harder it is to get uh, over 50% of the total supply. Because that's how you can hack the system is getting over 50% of the supply and voting that the data that you're putting on is correct, which might be malicious. Right. Right. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you said, um, I think it was with your sale, like 80% of those people like opened up a para wallet for the first time you're expanding. Um, like I mentioned earlier to Arbitrum and what are you, what are you hearing from these other ecosystems and their like their interest in using Gora? Like, are you are you really are you getting excited about like the potential? For, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you are, but like, what is the the vibe? Because um, I know Arbitrum, Polygon are next on your um, on your list here, and so yeah, uh, yeah what's what's going on there that people yeah, should know? And we were talking to business development team from Arbitrum and. On their Oracle's page, they have Chainlink, API3, Teller, all listed. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they still, they said there's a clear differentiator here um, between what you do and what some of them are doing, right? So it's not like, oh, there's already an Oracle here. I think right. it's really, and even if there is, it's more important for protocol to use multiple sources of, 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 of data, right? So mm -hmm. uh, then there's other networks like um, near Cosmos, Radix that need more oracles that don't have chain links and things like that. Um, and so it's it's a space where we're able to make developers' jobs so much easier that they can focus on what they're building. You know, building a sports backend could take 50, 60% of your time. And now you have a protocol that does that all that work for you. You can focus on your smart contracts and not have to worry about building this secure Oracle on your own. And so there's a huge value proposition there. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, I'm remembering this correctly. You came to Algorand to build a sporting app, right? A, a, a sporting, uh, is that true? That's right. That's right. Bankroll app. It's not finished. We want to finish it. <laughs> the yeah, died down at Oracle. Like it's in beta. Yes. It works, but it's just been all hands on deck for, for Gora for the last, you know, uh, year and a half almost two two years now um that but isn't that fun isn't that how life is though like you 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 set out to do something and you're like well crap i can't do this here because i don't have and so you needed to build your own oracle and you're like wait a second algorand doesn't really have this solution and now two two years later you're live on mainnet yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's those things right uh what is it necessity is the mother of invention right and yeah uh, and it was something that was needed uh, and it really resonated with a lot of people building it. And it's not just on Algorand, but I think on other chains. And so, um, so yeah. Cool. Well, I did notice, by the way, and, you know, we have a lot more to talk about, but let's 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 dive into Coop for a second. You mentioned it. Uh, maybe there's some guys out there that want to hear the answer to this. So let's let's get into the first announcement. Um, I noticed about a month or two ago, you guys uh, made a bet on uh, Twitter, right? What? <laughs> Yeah, and like if if a posted it, it got more than a certain amount of likes, and it certainly happened. So, what is it that you you said you were going to do, and what are you what are you going to do? The, yeah, so we we're like you know, hey, maybe we should start you know uh, engaging more on Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't call it shit posting, but someone said you know do get do a coup pool, 
And I think it was me behind Twitter that day. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, sure. If it gets more than a thousand likes, we'll do it. Uh-huh. Uh, and it took like, I think 10 hours or so to get more than a thousand likes. And, and I think like when I look back at it, like a week later, it had gone back down to like 500 or something. So I don't know, maybe there were some bots in there, but it certainly did. We didn't, we didn't say, we just said if it gets a thousand likes and it did. Right. Right. Um, and so, oh, so somebody, uh, somebody maybe in the coop community made sure it happened. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything. I'm just yeah. saying hey, you're, okay, you're yeah. there, then there weren't, you know? All right. Hey, whatever. No, All right. It's still by far our most engaged with tweet. Good. Uh, Good. And in our next marketing meeting, I'm like, Guys, we have all these marketing people, and that's our most engaged with tweet. Uh, a tweet about a meme coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, I think it was a month ago, maybe more than a month ago, but we got to keep our word. Uh, and so, we we reached out to the folks at Cometa. Cometa is a great platform that we're big fans of, uh, and we really want to draw more traffic there. And so, sometime next week, you know, we've made the decision that hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna have Agora Coop Pool, and you're nice. gonna be able to earn Gora. If you stake your coop there, uh, so so you know we're we're holding on to our, our side of that bargain, uh, and, awesome, and thank awesome. everybody who who kind of uh, liked that post and, and really um, you know uh, uh, like and and made that most our most engaged tweet. Well, I mean, look at that the coop effect, right? The coop effect, and, and Cometa is also um, um, a platform that's really supported coop. So that's great. So you guys are gonna um, you're gonna put a Gora coop pool, and then you're gonna have some staking on Cometa, and you're gonna be able to earn some Gora from that. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're talking to uh, the Cometa devs, trying to figure out the logistics, um, but that's gonna be coming sometime next week. Nice, nice. All right, mm-hmm. so. Um, well, you also had a big announcement that you wanted to make uh, for, you know, your Agora network. So what what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things is, like I've said, you know, this is it's a very hard space to build in right now. Right. A lot of the protocols who have been around when we signed our LOIs a year ago are, are just no longer there right now. Uh, and so even with us, you know, it's been really hard continuing to build, uh, hitting these milestones and going live took really everything we had. And so one of the key things that, you know, pro- protocols have to do in this space is to innovate, to find ways to make revenue. Uh, and one of the cool things about Gora is uh, other blockchains are outside worlds, right? Algorand is a chain and Arbitrum is the outside world. Uh, and so one problem we really had during the last couple of years was a lot of our vendors take USDC on Ethereum or, Bin- or Binance or whatever, another chain. Um when we were launching our token, most of our community were buying and they were buying on like Polygon, they were buying on Ethereum, and then we would have to manually put them into our vesting portal. We had a pretty cool, sophisticated vesting portal. And so what we did, we said, hey, you know, why don't we solve this problem using our own network? And so what we built was this Gora Finance app, right, where you can actually, uh, Circle is, is, is our API provider, and you can actually transfer USDC from Algorand to Arbitrum, Polygon, really any network that it's supported on um, through our, our upcoming finance app. Um, maybe in the future, you can swap uh, Matic for Algo from Polygon to here. Uh, and another piece of that protocol is going to be this kind of a launch pad where um, you can buy, let's say there's a project launching on Algorand uh, or any network. Um, and you want to, in a decentralized manner, raise funds on any chain. So we talked about a little bit earlier um, where you can 
buy your token, like buy the Gora token, for example, on Polygon, and then you get your token on um, Algorand without the team having to really do a lot of manual work. Right. And so this really cool Gora, and also there's going to be some sort of yield farming, cross-chain yield farming things in there. Uh, mm -hmm. So this Gora Finance app, which we're going to announce in more detail tomorrow, is something we're going to be launching to help uh, build one of the first, you know, first five protocols using Gora Network. That's also going to help generate revenue for the protocol and for the Gora uh, uh, stakeholders. That's amazing. When when are you uh, when are you guys hoping to get that going? So we're going to do the announcement about it tomorrow. It's in alpha right now. Yeah. Um, maybe sometime at the end of the month. I know we're going to have a naming competition. So we don't have a name for it. So we're going to have a naming competition. Going to be a lot of hype around it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know we're gonna we're going to uh, announce that. Uh, once the name is set, we'll put it in, in test mode and, and let people test it out. This is it's incredible. Well, you heard it here first, folks. But I, I, I want to say, you know, before we, we sort of wind down, you, you got the Algorand hat. I know yeah. your history. I, you, you won, um, I, you know, you won an Algorand hackathon. I think you were uh, one of the first people to get the Oracle Super Grant or you got a Super Grant from the foundation. You guys are deep. You've built through this bear market, the ups and the downs, all of, you know, there's been a lot of volatility. And if you're talking price, you know, obviously it's, it's not over $2 anymore. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot less than that. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, all of those things, and you, you guys have been through the ringer and you're now live, you're building this, you're connecting to other chains, but you're still wearing the hat. You're still, um, Algorand is still home base. And uh, maybe you can maybe you can tell me and then and, you know, also everybody watching is what is it about continue? What is it about Algorand? Why are you continuing to stick with it? Why haven't you jumped, packed up ship and said, never mind, I can make more money on. Um, I don't know. Can you make money anywhere right now? But it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but I guess my my point is, is. What are you feeling about Algorand right now and the future and, you know, how it's going to best support Gora and, you know, how it's in your future plans as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've been deep in Algorand. So, you know, I think we have some, some insight into uh, a lot of the projects reaching out to us are institutional, right? Like insurance companies, banks, projects that don't talk about what they're building and they just build, right? right. And a lot of people don't see that side of things. Um, and and these some of these institutions may never it doesn't make it past their prototype stage. Some of them makes it past their prototype stage, but it takes two years to get there, right? And even when it goes live, they'll never announce it because they don't really care that it's they just chose Algorand for that reason, right? And so a lot of people don't see that side of things, and and these companies don't want to talk about it, and so we're, we can't talk about it. Um, the same thing is happening on every like I haven't met a single builder on almost any chain, except for these massive ones, like, you know, say, or, or, or these um, Aptos or Sui or their zeros who are getting these multi-million dollar uh, checks, almost anybody else is in the same spot. And so when you, when you're seeing the same kind of pain, I would say in other, in other areas, um, you kind of start to understand that it's not really about, and the fact that we've been able to draw such a large non-native Algorand community and 80% mm -hmm. of our, kind of community and our node runners, our technical people are non-Algorand, I think it just goes to show if you're building a product um, and, and we've gotten a lot of comments like, 
holy shit, I never knew Algorand was this cool or this amazing. I think we had a tweet about one of the comments the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, we realized that it's not necessarily about, you know, um, the, the technology or the hype or the brand. It's the products that are building on it. Um, and so if the product that you're building on has a compelling use case, I don't think people will care that it's on Algorand. Um, there's a lot of kind of negativity in the space, I think, because of how the foundation hasn't promoted it as much as people would like. And, and I, of course, there's there's could have been so much more done um, to keep it as a top 20 chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not the only kind of thing. Like, you can have a negative um, opinion about something, but still understand that it's up to each protocol. And and it's, it's really hard, right? It's not easy. There's not that many uh, people building on Algorand. So it's so much more effort to bring users to your yeah. app building on Algorand, especially because it's different. Um, and I think that's kind of the hard part where a lot of builders have uh, trouble with. So from um, unpacking what you just said, from what I heard is that, you know, you you have discussions with these larger, um, like more institution bank type of things. And these things are happening in the background, but nobody wants to talk about it. They're not, these projects don't allow you to talk about it. And it's not the most exciting thing necessarily that's happening over at these places. They're thinking, okay, how can we use this technology? Okay, Algorand makes sense. And in the end, Algorand may be in the background of some product or some service that they allow. But I think maybe because we're also consumed with this stuff, we want splashy stuff. We want what Polygon is focused on necessarily, you know, throwing a lot of money at splashy names. But really, we're going to get Bank of Italy over and over again. And it's going to happen when it happens. And it's probably not going to pump price. Uh, the only thing that will end at this point is get things to go up, um, the price to go up is demand. And but because it, it's needed or something. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that in crypto that a, a token goes up because it's actually needed for something other than speculation. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's going to be boring stuff, insurance, supply yeah. chain, things like yeah. that. FIFA is the biggest one, like even, even though that deal was a lot of negativity around it. It's still FIFA. It's still a massive yeah. you know, company that chose. And that's that's kind of um, what we're, we're seeing on our side. Uh, but definitely, I think, you know, the foundation has taken a lot of steps towards marketing and, and things like that. So maybe we will get that in the next uh, bull run as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of competitors that are very similar to Algorand, AVM coming out. So that's going to be a super exciting uh, as well. So we're, we're looking forward to that. For sure. How, um, just to kind of jump back to a previous conversation, how is there an amount of um, validators that in the Gora network that you are targeting? Like, is there a number that you're targeting or is it just as many as possible? As many as possible. I mean, you know, to go geeky on you here for a second, I think the Please central theorem kind of stays 30 is, is a minimum or a good number. Okay. Um, but really we want to hit somewhere in the hundreds, you know, um, you know, one or two or 300, I think is a really good number where, you know, once you start really exceeding that and going to the thousands, if the usage is not there, it doesn't really make sense. We've seen in testnet, it go up to 10,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Node operators and it was running just fine. So so really, as, as it becomes more used, um, I think 100 to 300 is a really good number. Uh, and, and the more usage, like if, if all of a sudden you have 100 protocols using us, then yeah, we might need a thousand or more. Uh, right. But for now, I think a hundred is the next number we're trying to get to. 
and how accessible is this to um, maybe somebody that's watching right now? How uh, how hard is it to you know, run one of these, or is it gated? Is it permissionless? How how does it work? It's it's so simple. You just need to take your your token and delegate it, right? You just connect your wallet and say, hey, you take this ten gora and mm-hmm. validate for me and give me my rewards, and they'll take ten percent. Ten percent seems to be what most so of the validators. Have right. put on there. Some people undercut at five percent, but the big right. ones all put ten percent. And so, it just it's a way for you not to have to worry about it. And if you have a small amount, um, there's a minimum stake right now, anyways. Um, so, so it just makes more sense to, to delegate it. And then to run a node, how um, accessible is that? It's very accessible. We had non-technical people, people who were running nodes for the first time. They wanted the incentivized testnet rewards. So mm-hmm. they, they did everything they can, and they got some people got it up and running within two or three days. Should only take fifteen minutes. Uh, <laughs> but if non technical person can get it up and running in a weekend, uh, it's it's extremely accessible. That's awesome. All right, um, if you have any questions, I'm going to go to the the YouTube chat right now, and we can uh, get some questions answered before we get out of here. Uh, let's see. Do I not have comments on? Oh, I, I see some comments. I see one from oh. Ivan asking if I have to yeah. bridge the token from Algra to Gora if I want to delegate. Yeah, do that. Uh, answer. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see the people here now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so, do I have to bridge the token from Algra to Gora if I want to delegate? No, the Gora token is native on Algra, right? Um, so, because we're a network on our own, uh, you have to verify things happen. That consensus actually happened somewhere. And right now we verify that on Algorand. And even when we expand to other chains, a lot of our consensus is still going to be verified on Algorand. So the transactions will still happen on Algorand, even though data is being sent and used from other chains. Um, so Algorand is kind of our home base, our home network, if you will, um, where we are now. There's going to be a lot of, of, of expansion, but for, and there might be Gora token on other chains. But for now, Gora is, is native to Algorand. And if you want to delegate, everything happens on Algorand. Got it. And then, yeah, so he, I think you answered his um, second question there. Um, da, da, da. I'll go all the way. What's up, guys? So Algo Nice asked you, what's up? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I was expecting more questions, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, no worries. There's, there's, there's a lot happening. You know, um, when we launched, there was a couple of issues with the UI, right? Delegating lock tokens, people who bought their vested tokens. So that's major update coming obviously we talked about uh some of the big ones for anyone joining the cool pool coming up on cometa yeah um, there's there's a lot of things there's there's the void testnet coming out you know you you heard about that uh the cool oh, yeah is- remind me about that actually i i actually didn't um i didn't actually know about that so are you guys are going to be on uh void testnet i mean it seems like an easy thing to do right it's avm it's, it's literally the same code right so yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a pretty cool way to just kind of have a nice, easy way to expand. I think there's a testnet, rewarded testnet, where you can run an Oracle. So we'll probably take advantage of that. Um, so it's it's cool and, and a very easy way to expand into new chains and, and very interesting. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing how that goes. Nice. And then, okay, so then they saw, I shamed them into asking some questions, uh, Abdul. <laughs> uh, Mort says, other than no delegation, what is the coin's utility? So you know, you can vote. So we talked about decentralization and all major decisions are going to go through the community from day one, right? Um, Those decisions are going to be based on 
how much you have in a note or how much you have delegated, right? And so that's kind of a second key part is is deciding on the future of, of the Agora token, um, paying for data, right? So if you're on other chains like Polygon or Arbitrum, right now you can pay in USDC and that will get divided among the, the node runners, but you can get a discount. So if you decide to pay in Agora, you can get a discount um, on that subscription fees. Um, so that's, that's kind of the three main utilities there. But at the end of the day, that consensus is the key um, utility, the key thing. Awesome. And then um, Ivan has another question where he says, when will mainnet price be live on the website? I only see testnet data. Yeah, so those, I think he's talking about uh, the, the price beacons. And so you see like with Chainlink or a lot of these oracles, they have this free price and you can just read price for free. Um, that's the way we do it. It's like an API. So you actually request price data. So that's live. You can say, hey, I want the price of Bitcoin continuously. Um, if you're asking about when will we have these public price beacons available, we probably will make it available because it's kind of considered a public good now. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll probably release something sometime in the next one or two months where you can just read the price of Bitcoin for free. Uh, but we don't want to get stuck in that chain link business model where you have all these free data feeds that these massive protocols have built on and they're not able to monetize it. Uh, right. So right now, the main way of getting price fees is you make a call, you ask for the data and you pay the fee for it. Right. Right. And then... Um... Joe wants to know how uh, can you talk about what the integration process is like for data providers? Yeah, so for data providers, you know, it's it's an API, right? And a lot of the node runners have kind of these pre-configured sources that they have to call from. So for, if you're a data provider, all you need to do is you need to give out an API key. But the problem with that is API keys are public. So how do you do it? So there's this NPM package that we created that does asymmetric encryption. And what that does is it says, hey, sign a message and send it to me. And if if your public key can decode that message, then we know it came from an authorized person. Uh, so we use this kind of public key. And so if you're going to become a data provider, you just have to put this extra little package um, to accept requests and, and be able to authenticate users uh, who are making calls from the nodes. Um, it's a lot easier to get cryptocurrency data providers like Amber Data and Brave New Coin and um, sorry, and Kaiko, not Amber Data, and Kaiko and, and these ones, because they're Web3 native. It's been a lot harder to get Web2 data providers to implement this, right? So the sports data providers. And what we're doing is somewhere in between right now where we're helping them set up this infrastructure. So there's some sort of a layer between the data providers and the node runners that does this authentication for them. Got it. Got it. So... Yeah. It, so is it up to, is it, yeah, no, and I understand. So yeah, that does kind of take my mind in some direction. So is it up to the, the node runner to, um, to have a data provider already kind of integrated with their node, or is that something that, you know, you can find within the, um, you know, yeah. you guys help guide that's, that. That's one thing we do differently is if you're a node operator, you shouldn't care about data. You shouldn't even know what is happening in the network. All you know is I've installed this node and now it's running, right? The node software knows which data providers to call and which sources are available. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's up to the customer to make sure that they're paid up, right? And when the customer makes a call, this authentication module is just checking that the customer is actually allowed to make this call and the customer is paid up. The node networks normally um, wouldn't have to worry about all of this stuff at all. Got it. 
Got it. Um, and then uh, right now, uh, Tony says, for those who want to become validators, what is the best resource to go to right now? For those who want to become validators, first of all, ping me or our, our team will add you to the mainnet validators, which is kind of a private group right now in Discord. Um, and it just makes it easier to push out updates while we're in the beginning. It will become public, I think, after this next major upgrade that's happening right now. Um, but if you want to become a validator, we had some Algorand native like Algo Scout that, that uh, spun up a validator node. Uh, so right now, the best resource is our documentation, docs.goracle.io slash technical documentation. Um, jump into our Discord where you can ask about that. Our Discord is kind of this a bit of a mess right now. People are like, hey, where's my rewards? We just did massive incentivized rewards. And, and so a lot of people are just kind of talking about that right now. But um, once that chapter's closed, uh, I think things are down, but yeah, if it, if it does close. Um, but there's a mainnet validators and a testnet validators and a node runners channel. And generally we have technical community members who are very helpful. And that might very well be uh, the best kind of direction to be pointed into. I know those uh, discords can really turn into something. Um, all right. So we got uh, Freddie Arias. This project is far way better than Chainlink. Well, I'm in yeah, it. I'm, yeah. I'm in it with you. Disclaimer, <laughs> Freddie works here. So. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> Freddie, uh, Freddie uh, that's funny. Um, okay, so Pedro, before we sign off, let's, give, uh, let's get Pedro's question in here too. Uh, and I haven't read it yet. So let's, let's, see what, uh, let's see what happens. How can you keep the record of a data feed from Gora? Is it up to a DAP builder to make regular data requests to Gora network and store it on a chain like Algorand, for example? Exactly. And we did a hackathon. We didn't talk about a hackathon, did we? We did a hackathon where we had five finalists. One of them was building a sports betting app. One of them built an insurance app. One of them built a game. Uh, and they were all getting the data and storing it on their own uh, smart contracts. Algorand has unlimited storage, so you can store that, which is another key differentiator. Mm -hmm. um, so literally, yeah, you call the data and you store it on chain. You can use our off-chain network to store it on IPFF. If, IPFS if it's like a lot of data, um, but if it's, you know, you know, a few kilobytes, you can store it directly on chain. Right. And, you know, that's another thing, right? People want to do these super powerful um, apps and, and you need extra, aren't you guys helping provide that kind of compute too, to, to apps? Exactly. Exactly. So let's say one big one is you look at like apps, like, you know, Bancor or Uniswap, the, the reason for such high gas fees is like when you're doing these swaps, there's a lot of bonding curve math and it can get pretty expensive to do that on chain. So mm -hmm. our layer, our network can actually run that math for you and give you the result in a decentralized manner. It makes the gas fees so much cheaper. So that's going to be kind of our next focus on those chains that have high gas fees to offer that service. Right. Um, and Ivan wants to know, did you guys get funded by the foundation and are you considering applying for XGov? So yes to the first one. So we, we got a $250,000 grant very beginning. That was the Oracle super grant. And I think it was specifically for Oracles. And I think it was us and Teller that got that grant. We used it to build the first version of it. And that grant was probably really helpful in helping us get our seed round funding. We got our product to MVP stage. And in fact, Algorand is one of their biggest uh, investors in that seed round, which they invested another 500,000. Um, but that's after the grants program and into the ventures. And so they, they own 3% of Gora, right? So if it ever does 100X, 
all that value goes back to Algran. So I think it was a good thing for them to kind of move into this venture type scenario where they're able to capture value from projects that do make it uh, that, that do release tokens. So, so yeah, one of our biggest bag holders is, is, is Algrand. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll put it. Well, uh, well, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad they're in the position of holding bags too. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, uh, let's see, uh, will all the validators nodes be on Algrand or cross chain? Uh, the validator nodes in the current design are consensus is happening on Algorand. And so, for example, right now we have Arbitrum Testnet. You make a request. Our node network does the consensus. They write all the proofs to Algorand. And the Arbitrum contract just kind of verifies that proofs on Arbitrum, but it's first written to Algorand. So right now, all the transactions, everything is happening on Algorand. It's like the master chain. And all the other ones are kind of like these worker worker, um, you know, chains and, and consensus happens on our ground. You know, we're kind of like a, a, a leech almost, you know, parasite. We need a chain to live on. We can't live. Maybe one day we'll become our own network with our own consensus, with our own block history. Right. Um, but until that day, we need a chain to. So in that sense, you could say we're like a layer two or a layer three, where we commit all the final data to the chain below us. And right, right. now that's our ground. Got it. Well, look, oh, it looks like Elevate was responding to the Discord uh, and he, he gives you hats off to how you guys are handling some of the excitement in Discord. And uh, yeah. and then 409 is uh, commented that the foundation made a good investment in um, Gora. I would agree. I think also that move towards taking some equity and just not handing out the money and actually participate in the upside is a good idea as well, of course. Um, so... And then Mort says it. He says, cheers, Abdul. I mean, cheers indeed. Thank you for, for coming on. Is there anything else that uh, we missed that you would like to make clear to everyone? No, I think you, we kind of covered it all. I mean, we could go on for hours more. It's yeah. definitely a hard space to build in. We got to keep building. Uh, we're just doing everything we can to, to, to kind of keep providing these services. I think uh, a lot more people are coming on to decentralization and blockchain. Mm -hmm. Every 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 month we're hearing some crazy bullish news, even in the depth of, of these bear markets, right? And Circle and Coinbase and these big guys are leading the way, you know, in a sense. Um, and and I, you know, I feel like the next bull run, there's going to be so much UX improvements that are happening right now. Uh, and so it's it's going to take a lot of patience. And I know it's a scary place to be right now. So, um, yeah. hopefully the future is going to be brighter. Yeah. Well, good good. Uh... Good for you for continuing to build throughout this bear market, coming out stronger. And I'm excited to see all of the different things that you guys do. I mean, you're on mainnet. Let's let's go. And then I'll be tracking it. I'll, I want you to come back on the show and, uh, you know, just keep me updated. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, for our Goracle, the first time we were on, Goracle, second time, Gora yeah. now. Yeah, G, and then it's gonna be Joe or something. <laughs> well, G, or yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get, you'll go for G, and then maybe we can we can incorporate Coop somehow because for some reason yeah. I like to put Coop and yeah. everything. So if you have, if I have that, that tweet that got all that engagement, you know, you might buy us out in the future sometime. Who knows? Who knows? Well, not, not you, the Coop community. Oh no, yeah, the, the CRV. Yeah, you know, peasants in, in the super <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, 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 that's true. I am a peasant. Damn it. I, I end up a peasant everywhere I go. Yeah. Um, even things named after me. Well, hey, Abdul, thank you so much. Everybody that's watching, I hope you'll tune in tomorrow morning. My live show is going to be back. It starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And 
Abdul, thank you again. And uh, yeah, uh, I wish you best of success. I'm going to be tracking what's going on on Arbitrum. When does that go on to mainnet on Arbitrum? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be based on how long uh, uh, audits take, right? right. So yeah. you know, I think building the, the smart contracts that make requests and responses are the easy part. Um, the hard part is going to be getting the audit process, negotiating. You know, it's, it's a very expensive process. So that's going to, it might take a month, it might take two months. But I think it's, it, there's always a period where people have to try you out and use you in testnet. It's not like yeah. even if you went live tomorrow, people would go live anyways. So I think we'll just kind of work with protocols that are going to be building with us and work on their timelines. Well, the Goracle uh, YouTube channel had the uh, suggestion of G-Coop. So it came yeah, from the source. G-Coop. So there we go. Yeah, no, soon, soon. The, oh, wow. Goracle. I'm going to find out who that, who that is. <laughs> um, we're still called Goracle 2 here. You know, I, Freddie, Freddie hates it every time I use the word Goracle. We'll see how many times I used it today. Yeah. You only you only accidentally used it once. You, you did <laughs> okay. refer to yourself. So you're in trouble with Freddie, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, avoid it up for sure. Um, but I can say that our, our main is still called Goracle, so so there. All right, cool. All cool. right, thank you, Abdul. I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. All right, bye.